Letters from a Glass House is a not-for-profit ministry of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Venice, Florida. Support us today at UUCOV.org. You know, if you read the news, the world's a rough place to live in right now. We've heard that drag queens are evil. We've watched them try to ban books. You can't say gay. What a weird... It's a weird world, isn't it? And we're being called to a new way of being, of working for justice and liberation and letting love guide us in doing what is right because we know, we know what's right. And it isn't that. It isn't burning the books and banning the libraries and making 10-year-old little girls have babies. And you know what? Intention isn't enough either. Because thoughts and prayers don't pay a single bill. You have to go and do something. And that's what we're going to be talking about here today. Because my name is Amy Petrie Shaw. And when I'm not preaching here, when I'm out in the greater UU world, I am a UU evangelist. And I'm out in the world preaching good news. As a UU evangelist, I am overjoyed by excitement and enthusiasm. So if I say something here today that you really agree with, it's okay to say yes or amen or hallelujah. It's okay to put your hand in the air. It's okay to snap or to clap. Because you see, I grew up in Kentucky And for those of you not familiar with the bluegrass, that means I grew up surrounded by people who are excited about their religion. And in the summer, every summer, I went to the first evangelical Baptist vacation Bible school. And I think it was almost a local requirement. It didn't matter what church or synagogue or mosque that you attended the rest of the year because in the summer every child, every one of us suddenly became a first evangelical Baptist (laughs) because they had two things. One, they had the best programs any of our parents had ever seen and two, they had air conditioning. And so we sang songs and we did crafts. And it was a kid's version of the first evangelical vacation Bible heaven. And somewhere around the third day, a dear friend who really attended that first evangelical Baptist church said to me, I want to share some good news with you. Now, I'm sure that little child was just repeating something that she had heard over and over and over. But I said, okay. And she proceeded to take the next 20 minutes and to tell me, to tell me, this 
little Jewish kid who'd been adopted by an Anglican family, all about her faith, all about the promises she had been made by the first evangelical Baptist about what was going to happen to her. And boy, I was excited. And I went to Sunday school at my own church that Sunday. And I told my Sunday school teacher everything my friend had said to me. And I asked her, just knowing the answer was going to be amazing, I said, what is our good news? Do we have any good news? What do, what do we believe? So I can tell people and they can come to church with me. What's the good news? And that Episcopal Sunday school teacher, she thought for a long moment, and she looked confused and bemused, and she finally said, Sweetheart, we're Episcopal. We don't do any of that. We have good manners. And I must have looked as dismayed as I felt because she tried to explain a little better and she said, Honey, we don't bother people about what we believe. It's rude. And you know what? For the longest time, I bought into that message. For the longest time, I thought the idea that it was somehow rude to tell people what you were excited by. What the sacred experience you were having was. I thought it was rude to tell people about the journey I was on. And I bought into the idea that even if I had good news, which apparently I did not, that it would have been rude to share. And I accepted that fake idea of what evangelical, what evangelism was. And I conflated the rudeness of colonizing religion, of forcing your beliefs on someone, with the honest joy of simply telling someone, man, I got something great, and I'd love for you to see it. And I apparently am not alone in that. Because you see, a few years ago, in 1999, there was a little movie that came out starring Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. And some of you may have seen it. It was called Fight Club. Some of you may have heard of it. Just a very little movie. So let me check. Do any of you know the first rule of Fight Club? What is it? What's first rule? We don't talk about Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club, a men's club dedicated to recreational fighting, anti-materialistic living, and anti-corporate activism, is you don't talk about Fight Club. Now, here's the thing. Do any of you know how often the average Unitarian Universalist invites anyone to come to church? In 2012, Mark Bernstein, and I love his title, Regional Consultant for Growth Development with the Central Eastern Regional Group of the UUA. 
I want you to fit that on a business card. He realized he did not know the answer to that question. And he wanted to find out. And he found out that the average Unitarian Universalist invites a person to church, now get ready for this, once every 26 years. <laughs> 26 years. We are obviously afraid that the crowd of visitors is going to overwhelm us at the door and drink all of the coffee. We don't talk about Fight Club. We are keeping our own club dedicated to recreational argument, anti-materialistic living, and anti-corporate leaning all to ourselves. But Mark Bernstein also found out a few other things. He did a column for the UUA's Office of Growth Strategies called Asking Friends to Worship, Oh My. And he said this, 70 to 90% of people who join a congregation have a friend or a relative already there. 75 to 90% visit because someone invited them. 26 years. They come because you invite them. And the most frequent way, the most frequent way that people hear about us is through word of mouth. But we don't want to talk about Fight Club. So today we're going to talk just a little. Because I'm one of those people that rush in on roller skates where angels fear to tread. And I'm going to talk about a word we don't use positively, and that word is evangelism. Because when most of us hear that, we shake in our shoes. It conjures up some bad images. It conjures up images of being hurt, colonialization, efforts to force you to become a Christian, efforts to force you to become a different kind of Christian. They stole that word from us. Some of you may remember the movie Elmer Gantry. Any of you remember that one? All right, I've got some. Burt Lancaster was a slick salesman turned preacher. Had his sleeves rolled up and his hair slicked back. He started to perform bogus miracles and he'd bang on his Bible. And at one point he is screaming at his sweating congregation about how they're all sinners and they're doomed to perdition. You're all going to hell unless you repent, he tells them. And they all yell, Amen and Alleluia, as if they agree that they are broken and hell-bound. That is not the evangelism we want anything to do with. Evangelism and angel come from the same Greek root. The same root that Muslim and Christian and Jewish recognize. Angel, a bringer of good news. Now some types of good news we're good about bringing. In the last six months, you think about it, how many of you have told a friend about a great place to buy fresh vegetables? Give me an 
amen if you've shared that good news somewhere. How many of you have shared with someone a place where you found good ethical products to buy or helpful staff? Give me an amen. Have you told someone about a charity doing good work or a woman's group you love? Have you shared a gospel of who to go to for doctor's care, medical care, addiction treatment, veterinary care? You're already evangelizing. Why is it so hard to tell someone the good news of what happens here? For some of us, it's the word. When you hear evangelists, you hear Elmer Gantry or Joel Osteen or Billy Graham. You hear the roar of the flames and the hint of brimstone. I don't want you to be that kind of evangelist. Don't you dare. But sweating and shouting Christian TV preachers, they don't get to take that word from me and not from you either. we choose to welcome others. I have a message from the Christian Bible. It says that God, my God, is love. And my UU ancestors affirmed that the divine spirit turns away from no person and all will be welcomed into salvation. So if you're Christian, you are welcome. I don't always get it right, and sometimes I struggle to love my neighbor. I fight to turn the other cheek. For those who are called to follow Christ's teachings, there's a message of welcome and love. It's a fine message, and ain't that good news? Especially in a world where we hear so much bad. For some people, it isn't a worry about evangelism, feeling too Christian. Feels pushy and invasive and complicated, even embarrassing. I had a UU say to me once, My God, I swear she was witnessing to me, it was awful. And she was talking about a member of a nearby congregation who had been sharing her joy at being accepted as a lesbian woman in her own church. For some of us, we cannot think of what we could possibly share. Maybe we're shy and we don't want to bother anyone. We're privileged enough to assume that everyone has what we do. In 2000, Peter Morales and Don Southworth gave a presentation about evangelism and UUism. It's great. It's called Evangelism, Letting Our Love Reach Out. Peter Morales says he feels ashamed when he hears people say things like, I was a UU for 20 years and didn't know it. Because it means we haven't been talking about Fight Club. We're still not talking. Our country is going through it. We face a wealth gap and an environmental damage, global warming, oppressive political division all the various isms that people see as labels and people need good news. In 2012, the UUA produced the Gathered Here report. Thousands of UUs gave information. And the report said, we want to be seen. We want to be heard. 
We want people to know that we're here. We want to share not just what we do, but who we are and why it matters. We want agency. We want to evangelize. We just don't know how. <clears throat> and I think about my Sunday school teacher telling me that it isn't good manners. And I realize that's like saying to a starving person, well, I, I don't want to offer them the stew that I've got because they might not like it. That would be rude. Offer anyway. Let them decide if they want to eat it. We've got good news. We say who we are matters. Who you are matters. You, right now, sitting in these seats, you matter and ain't that good news. As Unitarian Universalists, we say what we share, create, and build in the world makes a difference. We say it isn't hopeless, no matter how bad it looks. We say we're going to use our human hands, not wait. We're going to use our human hands. And we're going to make a way out of no way, not sending thoughts and prayers, but sending hands and bodies to fix it. Ain't that good news? And we say that the arc of the universe is long, but it does bend toward justice. We'll make it bend toward justice. Ain't that good news? Our story is transforming. And we want to change the world to be better. Ain't that good news? We refuse to hide our light under a bushel basket. We're the people who believe that justice can be real. It is not a fairy tale. Values can be lived. We may get it wrong in a million ways, but we're going to keep on moving forward together. And we're going to argue and fight the whole way, but we're going to keep moving forward together rather than stop until we get it perfect. We're going to walk together and roll together and slide together. We may crawl together. We're going to ride together and we're going to fall together. But we're not turning back and we're not leaving anyone behind. Because the UUA says we're a house without walls. A congregation without boundaries and a movement toward more action-oriented faith in yourself and your beliefs. We are a guided path towards a better world and a better you. And I'm telling you today that you have power in this world. You can be a dark and rich and soothing balm for all of the burning wounds the world has to offer. You can be a light to lead one another home. But you have to let your light shine. You have to be willing to pour yourself out onto those wounds. You have to be willing to speak out and act out and act up and shine out. And no one can fail to see you. No one. As long as you're willing to share the light and share the healing and make a path so that others can come, you have to be willing to evangelize. Now, I'm not going to ask you to come up here. We don't do altar calls. Would be fun, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> but I'm asking you to commit in your heart. When you get up and you leave this church today, I'm asking you to leave and be willing to try to evangelize. You, you evangelism, tell the people who we are. Because we're coming and we are going to change the world and you are welcome to come.
come along and ain't that good news? Yeah.